This is Ed Cohen, broadcast host today from San Diego on Global Radio Talk Show dot com, a broadcast news service of Global HR News. Our special guest today is Becky Woods in the New York area. Becky Woods is director of global mobility at ADP and has over 12 years of business experience in the talent management and global mobility industry. Prior to joining ADP in 17, she was director of HR operations at News Corp. She was on the board also of NYC SHRM and is currently a board director for the Haven Adolescent Community Respite Center and chair of the NYC SHRM Global HR Special Interest Group. She earned a BA from Amherst, her MBA from Thunderbird, and has lived and worked in multiple countries. Becky, I'm honored to have you on Global Radio Talk Show. Thanks, Ed. Great to be with you today. You were recently at Worldwide ERC. Did you enjoy it? Oh, it was a wonderful conference. It was a lot of great educational content and nice to see all the different suppliers out there and the new technologies everyone has. It's really an exciting time to be in mobility, I think. So what do you think about consolidation in the industry? That's definitely a hot topic these days. And I know there were some recent press releases about consolidation And it's very interesting. At ADP, we do run an in-house program. We work with an RMC just for our home sale, home purchase work. But when we're looking at what is happening out there with all of the suppliers and, and the network, and you think about who can we work with to do different things, there's always debate about, do I work with multiple suppliers? Do I work with one supplier? And if I choose to work with one supplier, who is the best one for me? So when consolidation happens, when there are less choices, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. But really, I think for companies, generally speaking, it's all about who do you have the right cultural fit with? And then that should drive your model and who your your supplier network is. So I always think it's fascinating to watch what's going on and and then see how it all plays out and, and how it may or may not impact my program specifically. So your business model is being a profit center, right? Yes, and it's a very unique business model. I, I've only heard of one other company that, that does this. So, you know, as I said, we are in-house, and there were a few reasons that we did that. One was, you know, we have a very high-touch program, and we want to make sure that our employees are getting the best experience possible. And for us, that means we want to be as close to being able to touch and impact their assignment as we can. But, you know, the struggle with do you keep it in-house or do you outsource a lot of times comes down to cost. And specifically, you know, at at a corporation, how many headcount are you allowed to have in your department? And so since we wanted an in-house program and we knew that would mean we'd, we'd have to hire a lot of relocation counselors, we said, well, how do we avoid this problem where companies say, oh, gee, it's, it's hard times. We can't have as much headcount. How do we protect against that? So what we did, and this was about 15, 20 years ago, is we decided we wanted to be a broker of record. And all of our relocation counselors are real estate brokers. And we've actually registered ADP as a real estate brokerage. And what that allows us to do is when we are relocating our associates who are buying or selling their homes, 
they can come through our program and we refer them to a real estate agent, but then we can collect some of the commission. So it allows us to bring money into the department. And separately, we have a service our department provides called our real estate services team. And it's an option available for our U.S. and Canadian associates where they can work with one of our rest counselors and we'll help them buy or sell a home. And we have a website where companies like mortgage companies or appraisers or lawyers can advertise and then our associates can choose to work with any of them because they know that they're reputable and we're, we're recommending them. And we have advertising fees that we collect from that website. So since we're bringing money in and into our department, we essentially are no cost to ADP. So the argument about, oh, you, you know, you need to decrease headcount, you're too costly. We say, actually, we're not costing you anything. And we can provide relocation services to our employees that are getting it as a corporate benefit at, at no cost. You know, I love that because basically in the advertising and public relations business for 40 years. So it's really interesting to see this. You know, some companies thought about doing that a long time ago, but you've actually done it and kept it going and it's become a center of excellence. So congrats. You know, I'm thinking that with the recent news about Cardis and Server, and that means that Realology, they're going to focus in on being real estate brokers, I guess, being destination services providers. So I wonder if what that's going to be the business plan. They're going to push it everywhere now, turning the reload offices or going in-house more and using the profit system that you've built. That could be. And I think why many corporations haven't done what we've done is because they don't want to create this brokerage right? Like uh, the company says, well, I'm a pharma company. I'm not a real estate firm. I don't, I don't want to have that type of entity in my corporate structure. So we've been lucky at ADP that we were able to do that and it's had this great benefit. But yeah, it will be interesting to see, you know, kind of what comes to pass in that space in the near future. Okay. So in your system, you have several services such as education or cultural language, temp housing, purchase housing, all these different companies, services are actually revenue streams for ADP, as I understand what you're saying. Well, specifically the commissions for when we're buying or selling the homes and then the other services, the cultural training, the language training, et cetera. There's no extra markup per se that we achieve on that. So it truly is the commissions and then the advertising fees that we can charge on the website. So actually, what about lump sum stuff? Are you involved in that? You know, on the global side, we don't currently have a lump sum policy in place. We do for our U.S. domestic moves, but it's really more so for the junior level moves. The way our policy is, is it's tiered with four different package types. So the three top package types still do have some type of home sale, home purchase benefit affiliated with it. Whereas that lowest tier, which is more typically somebody who's raising their hand and volunteering to move, that's where we'll see the lump sum. So now I want to go to tech. To what extent are you implementing technology? Do you have a robot in your office? <laughs> I wish we did. <laughs> well, wait a minute. If you had a robot in your office, what would you want it to do for you today? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so many things. But 
you know, I think where it would really add a lot of value is just a lot of the administrative tasks. And that is where we have been trying to leverage technology, things like generate cost estimates, draft a letter of assignment, scan this document into the tax provider system, things like that, right? I want my team to be able to be more consultative and do strategic advising with the business. And to do that, they need to free up their time by not having to do these operational kind of tasks that can be easily automated. So that's kind of the journey that we've been on since we don't have an RMC and cannot rely on their technology to do tasks like that. We've had to decide internally what are our needs and then what's the best technology solution for us. So analytics, data analytics, how do you put a numerical value to people? Great question. And the question that will never get answered, what's the best way to measure the ROI of an assignment? We've gone through that analytics journey and it's actually, it's something that is front of mind right now for our senior leadership, right? Just data, like what data do we have? What kind of stories do we want to tell with the data? And we did go through last year an exercise where we said, okay, we want to be able to create some dashboard reporting for our senior HR leadership and in the mobility space specifically, what kind of metrics do they want to see? And then what is the right way to visualize the data to create the right story and get the right message across? So uh, we just did a big project on that. So you're leveraging technology, and is this helping drive retention? It's interesting because the debate that comes up when you talk about leveraging technology and automation, the first thing people think are, oh, no, my job's going to go away. A robot will be doing my job, and the company won't have a need for me. But we've really been looking at it through the lens of, no, I want the robot to be, or the technology, how it is, whatever form, to be doing, again, those operational, tedious tasks that can be easily automated to free your time up for that more strategic work. So one of the other initiatives we've been putting in place is upskilling and making sure that the skills and competencies that our employees have will remain relevant as technology becomes more commonplace in the workplace. To what extent are you, I'm shifting gears a little bit now to being a link, an ombudsman or something, when something goes wrong while people are on assignment, whether it's the employee or the family, are you the direct link or what? How is the company involved when something goes wrong while on assignment? Yeah. And again, since we are running an in-house program, the counselors on my team are, you know, that central point of coordination for the associate as as they're out on their assignment and they'll field those calls directly. You know, if it's something that's happening while the relocation is going on and we are working maybe with a household goods shipper or a destination services provider, it'll either be escalated through them to us or the associate will come directly to us. But kind of linking the technology with the escalations that can happen. That's another hot topic right now. How much does technology eliminate the need for human touch, human support? And I would argue it's in those instances where you have those failures or those breakdowns and whatever it may be during an assignment, that that's where you still need the human touch and the human support. So on that note, is it possible in your view, it's just opinion, Is it possible for the assignee to find themselves the next job while they're on assignment through technology or through an app or by making contacts with different division people within ADP? 
prior to them getting into a retention situation? I mean, that's the ideal state, right? I mean, we have a lot of discussions and structure and support in place to help find the next role for an associate while they're still actively out on assignment. In fact, one of the linkages we have with our talent team is on a quarterly basis, we send them a report of who is out on expat assignment and we flag whose assignment is going to be up within a year. So they can start thinking and planning with our strategic leadership team about what's the possible next step for them. But you know, at ADP, there's also this mindset of drive your own career. And that's even how our career site is labeled. And you should always be thinking about what do I want to be doing next? Who can I network with? Which part of the organization should I join? And and the expats have the advantage of have since they've been in another part of the organization, they've broadened their network and they've gotten higher visibility within the organization. So I do think the onus is on both the associate as well as HR and the the managers to work collaboratively together to find the next best role for that employee. So one of our pet themes in our conferences in California and other places recently has been the theme of global talent pipeline development. In other words, the whole life cycle and integrating the mobility function, of course, right at the beginning. Is that happening in ADP? So I think we're doing our best to create those linkages and to be there at the base level as those conversations are happening. And I would say for what we call our strategic leader group, which is our critical senior leadership, there is a lot of talent planning that goes on for that level. And we've created mobility packages specifically for that group to help facilitate those moves and facilitate that career development. We had also developed a track, a policy track for our knowledge transfers and our emerging talent. And that emerging talent are our high potential, high performers. So being able to lay the foundation so that as we want to grow those people, we have a way to do it is how we're helping support the business with that. To what extent do you have the current assignee in somewhat of a teaching or a mentoring position for the next assignee? That's a great question because when we do our annual satisfaction survey with the expats, that's always what they ask for. And we've been thinking about how can we close that gap. And some ideas are having a list of all the expats that have gone on assignment who have opted in to be on this list and offer to have a call with somebody new who may be considering a move and what's it like when I get there or putting together kind of country cheat sheets about, oh, you know, I moved to London and it was very easy for me to set up a bank account with this bank or I really liked this grocery store. If you're from the U.S., they carry the specific brand. So how can we gather all of that knowledge that they really keep and socialize it? We have an intranet at ADP. Maybe there's a way we could set up a special page where the expats can go and and network and their spouses or partners can and share those tips. So it's definitely something that we're exploring. So young people, kids coming right out of college now, I think it's called Generation Z for some reason. So they're 22, 25 years old or even younger. But they want things fast. Of course, they want to go on international and they don't want to move any furniture. So is this a 90-day assignment in and out kind of thing or is it longer? Yeah, and when we evaluate our assignments, we are first focused on what is the intent of the assignment. 
say regardless of age, but not really, because we've got, like I said, we have the strategic leader, the knowledge transfer, the emerging talent, and then the career builder, which is more so the voluntary move. So the group you're referencing are more so likely to be in that volunteer group. So that'll drive the type of package they get. But then the question around, is it an assignment? Is it a permanent transfer? Again, this population would more than likely fall into that permanent transfer category. So if somebody's volunteering and raising their hand, we have to decide as a company, is it mutually beneficial for us to accommodate this request and move them somewhere? And if we have a role available that they fit, then yes, we are more than open to supporting the movement. But you know, I know a lot of other companies that have specific development programs for that group specifically, which we do not have. So for us, I think it's more of a case-by-case basis. I think he answered what I was looking for. I was talking with another company uh, recently on Global Radio about is HR up to dealing with the very techie young people? Is HR up to the task of providing fast-paced involvements, short-term assignments, projects where they can do things faster? using tech and just go out and come back as opposed to permanent. Permanent sounds antiquated, but especially with the younger population that I'm hearing about now. I think what I've been seeing is the younger generation doesn't ask as much. For example, I want to be able to continue to contribute to my 401k or be in the U.S. Social Security plan. They're not thinking about that yet. It's not top of mind. So the idea of being placed on local country payroll that's not their home countries is not as much a concern for them. And I don't think they're shying away from it. At ADP specifically in regards to these short-term assignments, I would think if you're developing those programs for that group, it's probably more a developmental training program. And so we don't specifically have those in place now, but I'm sure many companies do. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Lastly, about compliance. There's so much going on. My gosh. How do you manage all that? (laughs) We do our best. It seems like every day there's a new compliance challenge. And with the rise of kind of these mid-career associates or senior level associates who have spouses or domestic partners that work and they don't want to leave their job or the kids are at a certain age and they're schooling and they don't want to pull them out of school. Those people are turning not into long-term assignments, but more into commuters or extended business travelers. And, you know, we all in the industry kind of moan and groan a little when we hear the word business travelers, but I think it's going to become more and more and more the norm. So we need to make sure that we are managing it appropriately. So that is starting to cross my desk almost daily. In addition to this other type of request that, again, I'm also seeing the rise of, which I call cross-border remote worker requests, where people say, oh, for a personal reason, I'd like to work from Canada for one month or go be in Philippines for the summer. Can I just take my laptop and go work there for two months? And the manager might say, yeah, that's fine. I don't care where you're doing your work as long as your work gets done. And, you know, we have to say, wait a minute, stop and let's look. Okay, I'll take Maui. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Bermuda for you. Yeah. So skills, gaps. Are you guys experiencing that? 
Well, I'd say one of the BHR initiatives that we're doing is this upskilling initiative to look at what are the competencies we currently have within our own HR department and make sure as we automate more and more that our associates have the skills to do the new work that's going to be out there. But, you know, also we do recruit heavily for a lot of the STEM positions. We have a lot of technologists at ADP and and there, I would say from what I can see, there is a lack of local talent and we are having to look globally to fill that need. So you're bringing people into the U.S.? We do have a lot of U.S. inbounds, yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, Becky, this has been a delight speaking with you. I suppose we could go on and on, but as we end this and you look at the future of work, sounds so cool. So what do you see in a nutshell there? Yeah, I see people doing a lot of work on their mobile, more project-based, agile, on-the-move It's definitely going to be a different workplace out there in the future, and I'm very excited for it. We've been talking with Becky Woods, Senior Director of Global Mobility at ADP. Thanks very much for being our guest today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com. Thanks for having me, Ed. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. I think to myself, what a wonderful 